Georgia Dow is a therapist, but she's not your therapist. This show should not substitute a personal consultation with a professional. Just walking down the street? No, I'm okay. I may be okay with an orange Brianna Wu. No, no, you shouldn't. Wait, wait, an orange Brianna Wu or an armed Brianna Wu? Because those are two very, very different things. I heard orange. Orange? Really? What? What? (laughs) How dare? Bree's colors are definitely black and red. I'm just saying. To the apricot beast. Like, how, dare beast. You? <laughs> how dare you, Monica? <laughs> oh, I thought we were the friends, bro. Beast. Yeah. That's a great title. Wow, that's a yeah. new record for how long it takes us to get a show title. <laughs> the apricot beast i love that was it. record time we could just we could just okay micah can you just tell everybody just how they can get in contact with the show i think we're done yeah. we're good it's time to go we're good. that was great i love that i want a shirt that says that we should, we should, we should. Let's start the show. Let's start the show. Go uh-huh. for it, Micah. <laughs> okay. Uh, welcome to this week's episode of Disruption. We have a lot to talk about, so we're, we're going to get going. Uh, I, look, the, a lot of You're a not going to introduce us? Uh, well, I don't usually do that. That doesn't usually happen. You should. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's no, introduce us. Nobody knows. Week. Nobody wants to know who we are. That's 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 old news. That's that's Look, isometric where we introduced ourselves. Now we just assume that everybody knows, and if they don't, then they can go figure it out. My name is Georgia Dow. I am a therapist. I have a lot of really good opinions about therapy, and I will be here. I'm licensed Canadian therapist, Georgia Dow. Remember that. <laughs> Uh, when my license gets revoked sorry yeah (laughs) yeah yeah hello and welcome back to disruption (laughs) i am joined this week as always by the apricot beast brianna Wu. how are you brianna Wu? (laughs) a great answer also uh the the apricot beast the only diversity we have on the show, uh, Canadian, Georgia Dow. I'm happy to bring diversity to this podcast. Now I know why I'm here. Yes. And, of course, our favorite salty, salty human, salty Steve, Steve Lubitz. How are you, Steve? Yes, Mr. Sherman. Everything stinks. Uh, and, of course, you have uh, the guy from the one state in the United States where you don't have to have <laughs> a permit or any training to own a gun, Micah Sargent from good old Missouri. I mean, Missouri. Uh, you know that's going to end well. Oh, yeah. It, it always does. Uh, having concealed weapons yeah. when you don't know how I mean, to what, use what them. What could possibly go wrong, really? I yeah. Mean, how you would know. that be a bad idea? Uh, I am certain I would be in jail by now if I had a concealed weapon with me all the time. Like, I'm sure (laughs) just at at some point in my life, my temper would have gotten the best of me, probably. So I'm really glad, like, Massachusetts laws are saving me from myself. This is like, I I have a Nerf gun in my house. That doesn't work out well for Frank. We had to have a a Nerf armistice. That's true. We have video to prove that. It's true. It's true. I can't control myself. I, I mean, I mean, Micah. You know what? The only thing is honest. that can stop a bad guy with a gun. A, a Brianna Wu with a gun. Uh, well, actually, <laughs> Cheetos chicken fries. But 
you know. <laughs> what are that those? Can stop anyone. Sorry, what are Cheeto chicken fries? They're an abomination that no that it that describes itself as food. So no, no, we covered this on Rocket. Mac and Cheetos were a superior, terrible garbage food that was excellent, and I think that this will also be okay. Cheeto chicken fries are they are they chicken fries covered yep. in a Cheeto mix? Yep. That's exactly what they are. Yeah, yeah. I would try those. Yeah, see, George is smart. They don't sound smart. that bad. Yeah, like they'd probably kill me, but I think that's a way to go. I, I mean, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that that's just kind right? of like a personality test that they just there's not act. They don't actually cook them. You order them, and then they just lock you up. Uh, yeah, exactly. They go around to each country and they launch these things so that everybody who comes in doesn't pass the test, and whoever's left over in the end, the aliens will finally reveal themselves to humanity because those are the people in the human race that are worthy of meeting these aliens who have secretly been running society for so long. Yeah, they have they have two rockets. One of them goes to the alien homeworld to for enlightenment, and the other one goes into the sun. It, it's a perfect system, really. <laughs> and if you order so Cheetos negative, chicken fries, Steve. Oh my goodness! <laughs> he always looks up to I the salty hear, name. I want to hear you say something nice about Micah just to start the show. Like, let's we've got to rewire the neural pathways in your brain. Like, the problem is, Steve. Like, you, your deep neural pathways in your brain—they all go to negative places, and you've got to start rewiring those paths by not exercising those negative emotions. So, let's hear you say something nice about Micah right now. Uh, Micah has lovely taste in stickers. Okay, well, I'll take it, Georgia. Will you take that? I I, I think it's true, so I'll I'll accept. It sounded yeah. sincere. Okay, yes. yeah, it's sincere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He fakes sincerity well. I did. I do. I can. I can fake uh, complimentary with the best of them. So you know. Fake sincerity, okay. Steve. Uh, you know, we should we should get to talking about topics this week. Yeah. And yes. before we can discuss the first one, um, we you know, we, we spoke to the lawyers and this topic <laughs> requires an introduction by Brianna Wu herself. So, Brie, I'd love if you could take it away. So, you know, we're a family show here at Relay, right? Like, we want to be the kind of podcast that you can listen to with your kids, unlike Rocket. So, um, yeah, so we're going to use some, um, we're going to be using some uh, delightful euphemisms this week to discuss this, um, this, this story. All right. All right. Well, so, um, here, yes. I'll, I'll, let me just add something at the beginning, Brie. We have chapter markers in the podcast, so if your podcast client su- supports them and you really have kids in the car and you don't want to hear it, just hit the fast-forward button and you'll skip over to the next no, topic. No, they need to know this. They need to know this. You can't, you can't hide reality from kids forever. That's Dr. Brianna's parenting corner. Um, so anyway, um, there's a company out there that's the Internet of Things, and they offer a smart device for for tracking your voting Republican in your house. So this is a this is a it's a device that you can do uh, that women typically can use to to vote Republican um, at home. And so what, what does, does that mean? Is that what the kids are calling it these days? That's it's it's something you use like in, in private when no one else is there and you can vote Republican with this device and it will excite your Republican instincts in a way 
that is very tailored to the individual woman, or I guess vagina haver, you would call it. Um, This this is not what I thought of when I heard Make America Great Again, but anyway, go on. Yeah, okay. Shoot. So, um, anyway, um, a recent woman was using this, and she started um, basically checking the data, and she saw that it was transmitting all kinds of personal information back to the original company about her voting Republican habits. (laughs) And she also saw that the two of the researchers at the company compiled all that data without um, notifying anyone that, uh, you know, they were going to be subject to research. And they compiled a bunch of extremely personal data about women's Republican voting habits and put it out there at a professional conference for everyone to read. And she is, of course, suing them. Um, you know, this actually was transmitting a ton of data, even personally identifiable stuff from my understanding of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though I, I generally find Boing Boing to be a little bit harsh sometimes. Is that also on... a euphemism? No, it's not. It's not. Okay. Uh, okay. Boing, okay. Boing. I, find, I find Boing Boing, <laughs> which is where the story's from, to be a little bit oh, harsh fair, on, fair, personal, on personal uh, you know, privacy issues sometimes. In this case, I definitely agreed with some of their um, read, which is, you know, when you buy something that's um, an Internet of Things product, like, say, my Spire, which is a, a breathing product that helps me get my breath under control, it, you know, the margin on the hardware itself is very minimal. Um, you know, sometimes it's as low as 2%. So, you know, either they have to keep selling you refills or in-app upgrades or something like that, or, you know, they're going to collect all your data and sell it off. So, you know, when you're participating in these things, you, it's good to be very suspicious about how much information you're putting out there. But I think anyone would agree this is really beyond the pale um, no one needs to see this information, certainly not without being very well, you know, like getting that out there. So I want to kick that over to everyone. What do you think about it? Yeah, I I agree. This this story is interesting or, or at the end of it, I, I kind of started to think about it and I found it especially interesting because of the American ideals surrounding uh, sexuality and uh, voting Republican, uh, we it's still pretty taboo in our culture. And for example, I have uh, this this sleep tracker, and this sleep tracker uploads information to the company's servers, and then the company does all this data crunching and sends me back information on how I can improve my sleep and all that kind of stuff. You know, I've never experienced any discomfort with that. But to think that someone was able to look at my data and know when I was voting Republican and how I was choosing to change the vibration patterns for voting Republican and all of that, uh, that suddenly makes me incredibly uncomfortable. Now, whether it's sleep tracking or it's voting Republican, I don't want the companies to have my data. I just find it interesting because of the taboos that we tie to voting Republican. It has even that much more. The the story kind of goes on to talk about how 
uh, what am I trying to say? The, the Internet of Things devices, how they make money and how they frankly don't make money. And it's hard for them to make money. And a lot of them end up selling personal data. And that's terrifying because I have a lot of Internet of Things devices in my home. And I'll be honest, I haven't put as much thought into what, uh, what this data could mean if it was all compiled together. And the most important thing here is that there are a lot of computer scientists who say that all this anonymized data is anonymous in and of itself, but when it's all compiled together, that's where it becomes an issue because it starts to identify people. So even in the mm-hmm. terms of service, it says, you know, this data is anonymous, but compiling it all together, you start to draw these little uh, points together and suddenly you've got the picture of the person and all the times that they choose to vote Republican and maybe you should send them an ad for uh, a delicious meal after they've just voted Republican because they're more <laughs> <laughs> capable or more, you know, desiring a meal at that time. So that's I don't where it gets think that's scary. how I don't think that's how voting Republican works. But okay, <laughs> um, oh. yeah, yeah. Georgia, do you have any thoughts on this? Really, we this is so this is so disgusting. Yeah, we need to stop having all of our tech sending back our private information to anyone. I'm not just talking about our private, intimate information. I'm talking about. Everything. I don't mind paying a premium on what I have, but I want, like, people used to go on a rant of wanting the government out of their homes and bedrooms and inside. Like, really, this is so disgusting. We need to take a stand. I can't believe that people are so passive about this. It's absolutely sickening that any company. They, they do this. They don't even apologize anymore. They just are like, oh, well, this is what we do. You can opt out. And most people don't understand that. They don't understand how their data is going. They don't even know that this is happening in the first place. And I, I can't believe that people are so passive about letting all of their privacy away with nothing. Like no rants. No, no one goes into an uproar. It's, it's so upsetting. A lot of this whole IoT landscape is such... I want to use a word that I'm not going to use. It's such a mess because it's not and it's not even just sending your personal data. That's part of it. Like the security in general on these devices is generally crappy. There were a couple of articles a couple of weeks ago about I forget if it was a refrigerator or some sort of an IOT device that they were able to use to get access to your Wi-Fi network and then hack it from the inside based due to a vulnerability in the device. And, you know, you look, there was also an article recently about vulnerabilities in Bluetooth smart locks that could allow hackers to get in, which, I mean, that's, that's a serious, like, legitimate physical concern. And and I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and we need something like, we have the UL for, like, electricity, basically a, a, a nonprofit, I don't know if they're a nonprofit anymore, but they were originally a nonprofit lab that basically makes sure that when you plug something into an electrical outlet, it's not going to catch on fire. <laughs> and, and, and I think we need that for IOT devices because there, there are so many things that can go wrong when you attach something to the internet that doesn't really need to be it. You, you open your network and your, the rest of your devices that legitimately are on the network to, to intrusion, you're allowing data about your usage to leak out onto the internet. And if it's something that is actually like 
critical to your house. Like if your lights, if you have your lights attached to your network and a burglar wants to get in, they can, you know, theoretically hack in and cut the lights if there's a if there's a vulnerability there. So it's just like we need some sort of like adult supervision on devices that are attaching to the Internet to make sure that they're doing things in a way that consumers can trust, because ultimately, if this keeps if these kinds of things keep happening, eventually they're going to make the mainstream news and it's going to be something that that a lot of these devices are just not going to be trusted anymore. I, I really agree with that statement. I think that, you know, something would just stop um, you know, web traffic through the device. Like the the thing you're talking about would you know, that's basically a current issue, right? Like it's it's kind of limiting the amount of stuff that goes through it. I've also mm-hmm. seen dongles that will um when you plug your um your USB thing into something to charge, like it won't give any throughput. It will give power, but that's, that's it. That's not yeah. a euphemism. <laughs> oh, my God. oh God, oh Georgia. Um, but yeah, I mean, Steve, that's not gonna. I, I can't imagine any kind of device that you could plug it in and would just automatically stop data from being no, sent. No, uh, that's like, not what that's yeah. not what I'm saying though. I'm saying that you need we need to have like an independent testing agency that's going to evaluate these things before they hit the market. I don't think that would work. I think the only way this is going to happen is to um, there's got to be this is what you know tort reform is for, right? Like before any of us were alive, there were a lot of um, you know, well, presumably um, <laughs> there were a lot of lawsuits about like cars in really serious class action lawsuits, right? That made automobiles far far safer. Um, we need something like that for the internet age. And when you were reckless with people's data, the way that, you know, uh, was the cheating site, um, Ashley Madison was, you know, they need to be sued into oblivion. And like the only way we're going to make this safe is by, you know, putting, making it more expensive to not do it right than it is to, you know, to actually protect users' data if you're going to collect that. So I, I, this is something we need civil reform for. We need, you know, we need Congress acting on it. You know, we need uh, legislators that actually understand the Internet. Yeah, that's the biggest problem. And this is one of the problems in America of having a, a Congress that just is incapable of doing anything is, you know, we're just at, you know, Google's mercy. And I think it's disgusting, honestly. Well, I think <laughs> that was very well said, everyone. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, if you are voting Republican, you might want to think about doing it without any sort of Internet connected device, at least until we can get this figured out. Why? What's the benefit to having an internet connected device? Look, why do people buy an internet connected device, anyways? If you are, this is especially pertinent if you are in a long distance relationship and uh, you are wanting oh. to be intimate with someone who lives far away. Okay, I get it. Uh, yeah. Because these, most of these internet connected devices can do different kinds of vibration patterns. They can, you know, change speeds and things like that. And so it allows you to have an element of interactivity with someone else uh, as you are doing that. Now, it also can just, like, if you want to just use it yourself, there are some that don't even connect to the internet, but are just Bluetooth between the phone and the device. And that's just to have, like, different patterns and things like that, where you want to change the speed and the vibration, and you don't necessarily want a cord running from the part that's voting Republican and the part that's <laughs> running the thing. Okay. So, yeah, that that's, that's why the internet connectivity especially makes sense. I don't think it's so much about uh health tracking and and that whole deal (laughs) because the there's it's kind of like an honor or it's a yes or a no are you using it or aren't you 
I I just I I will buy like the ads that come up on Facebook like new Kickstarter for a cool device. I'm like such a sucker for that. I can't <laughs> never heard of something I've wanted less than this. Yeah. I can't imagine. Though I could see people that are in long distance relationships, and then this would be um, a way that it would make it more intimate. Yeah, I can. I, that that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I think that the the real thing that you need to think about when you're buying something that connects to the internet or even to Bluetooth, because typically they have an app that runs on the phone that could also be sending the information, even if the device itself doesn't connect via via Wi-Fi. Is like, mm-hmm. what's the worst thing that happens if this? If this thing gets hacked or if this thing leaks my data, like I have a blue, I bought a Bluetooth meat thermometer. That's not a euphemism. And, um, <laughs> and, and it's like, cause, and I thought about it long and hard cause I'm like, well, do I really care if somebody knows that I overcooked my steak? I don't, it's fine. But like we, we were looking at like a Bluetooth or a, a Wi-Fi enabled doorbell and I'm like, no, I'm not putting that on the house because I don't want somebody hacking into the camera. Okay, sorry. Sorry, I'm going to ask again this question that may be ridiculous, but why do you need a Bluetooth enabled meat thermometer? Um, because if you're not bo- if you're not sitting there in the kitchen, it will uh, send a the- thing to your phone to your okay. phone to let you know that it's done. So you don't, it's okay, actually okay, intended as a grill thermometer so you could actually like have the grill on outside and be inside. I, I just I just think that like if you vote Republican, that's between you and your partner if you have one. And I just think that that should be a private thing you do in your own home and people should know about it. So yeah. Yeah. So don't go sharing yeah. my data. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. Toe the party line. That's what I say. <laughs> All of these. T- I, I can't wait to watch. Well, I probably won't, but I can't wait to watch the debates and think about all the euphemisms that could be yes. made from from such discussions. But let's move on to talk about one of our lovely sponsors who I'm sure is so happy to follow a discussion <laughs> like this. <laughs> I was kind of hoping you were going to reorder the back welded one first, but OK. I have to get through this. <sighs> okay. Whew. If you nope, can't do it. I'm reading Mac Weldon. Okay. <clears throat> you gotta leave that in, Steve. <laughs> episode of Disruption is brought to you by my dear friends at Mac Weldon, who I just absolutely love. Listen. If you're wearing anything that is not Mack Weldon, you are not wearing what is best because Mack Weldon is better than whatever you've got on right now. Mack Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. So, look, I was lucky to uh, to have Mack Weldon send me a few of their items. I have some, uh, they're commonly called boxer briefs or trunks. It's like halfway between boxers and briefs where they are a little bit more uh, form-fitting. And some socks from, from the Deer Company. And uh, I went online, you know, to... to pick out which ones I wanted to get. And I'm going through and I'm like, oh, these are some cool socks. Oh, these are also some cool socks. Oh, these are some cool socks. And I'm adding things to my cart, right? And as I'm adding to my cart, I look up and the price is dropping, okay? So the more you add, the more you're actually saving, which is some clever psychology, Georgia. They are clearly doing some magic here to get me to add more (laughs) to my cart. But I was okay with it. And I'll tell you why. Because when I got my socks and underwear... I loved them. Absolutely. In fact, 
I, so I, I'm a ridiculous person and have more than 100 pairs of socks at last count because I love socks and I love fun, wild, uh, cool socks. And I have ones with uh, little chihuahuas on them and I have ones with kissy lips on them and I have the hot dog ones. It's just everything you can imagine. Well, now I go into my sock drawer and I'm throwing aside all of the not Mac Weldon socks to try and find the Mac Weldon ones. And here's why. When you are looking for a good sock, this is coming from a sock professional here, people. Do you want a sock that is super comfy, but also like retains its shape? And that's exactly what Mac Weldon does because they've got like triple the padding on the bottom of the sock. So it's super cushiony as you're walking along and it also absorbs moisture. And then they're also really long. So you don't have to worry about them falling down. They've also got some that are no-show socks that are super cool. They've got this little uh, uh, rubbery part in the back that latches to the back of your foot, like your heel, so that it doesn't slide down, which is incredibly annoying if, it, if they did do that. And they're, they're great. Their underwear have these awesome breathable regions so it keeps you a little bit more dry in these summer months and oh my gosh i'm so happy that fall's coming along and in that way it can hopefully let in some heat whenever i'm getting cold so mac weldon make the absolute most comfortable underwear socks shirts undershirts hoodies and sweatpants that you're ever gonna wear and they also have this line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial that means you're gonna get some of that that scent to go away so if you're a person who maybe you know wants to wear a shirt more than one day that's totally okay brother if you get the silver kind it's just some cool science stuff where they've got these silver fabric uh, weaved through that keeps things antimicrobial so here's what you need to know Listeners of this show can get 20% off at MacWeldon.com by using the code DISRUPTION. 20% off. And remember, you're already saving money every time you add something to the cart. I want to thank you so much to MacWeldon for their support of me, of this show, and all of Relay FM. All right, let's move on. <laughs> it is time to talk about... A, a topic that, uh, Georgia, I'm honestly so happy that you brought up because I saw you tweeting about it a couple days ago. I think it was. Maybe it was yesterday. And, uh, it, you know, it slid past and I thought, oh, this is something that we should probably bring up. And then you said, I want to talk about this. So uh, you, I think you should introduce this topic, frankly, because you, you are better equipped to do this than I am. <laughs> okay, so we talk a lot on disruption about, you know, men and women and how there's a huge uh, gender diversity and the manner in which we treat women is often by men is often not in a uh, true sense of equality. But I also find that we don't do a lot of talking about the manner in which women treat other women. I think that Women have been pitted against women by themselves and by culture for a really long time. And I still see it happen. I just went to an amazing conference. It was a fireside conference. And I met some absolutely amazing, fabulous women. But I did hear some of them, some people that were there, like giving little tiny comments that I'm like, you know what? That's not the most uplifting comments to say about other women. I think that women can be harsh and cruel and horrible to other women. I think that often we are still pitted against each other and we look at other women as competition instead of um, someone that does something great and we could learn from them. And instead of, you know, pushing each other up, we try to pull each other down. 
because of that competitive nature. And again, it goes back to the way that women used to work in tribal groups. And so we were all in groups all together. And we, so we had to learn the social game because we were in large social groups and that we would be pitted against each other to, you know, attract the men, which is the same thing. You say, see male animals that are fighting for female attention and they will fight among each other to, you know, be able to have the females. But in our culture, it's different than that. And I think that it's so very damaging and we do it to ourselves. And I think that in a lot of cases, it's worse. And yeah, I do. I think it's worse and more malicious and more underhanded and damaging, really damaging to other women because we could be so strong and so wonderful if united, but we need to teach our girls about how to treat other women. And we need to be really cognizant of feelings of inadequacy or jealousy or our own issues with self-esteem and beauty and intelligence and how are we supposed to act around other women. And it's just a really sensitive topic. I think that we really need to create an atmosphere of sisterhood with other women. And I don't, Brie, you can talk about uh, the article as well. Of, of some ways that people have gone about creating that because together we can stand really strong and divided. We will all fall. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, Georgia, I was, I was reading this study about this subject a few, a few months ago. And what I found really interesting is, you know, women get it from everybody. You know, mm-hmm. they gave from men and they gave from other, um, other women too. Um, yeah. you know, being put down, talked over, belittled, having skills minimized, like women absolutely do this stuff. We don't talk enough of the unconscious discrimination issue that it is, um, you know, women are mm-hmm. just as susceptible to unconscious discrimination. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, I do this perfectly, that I'm a perfect ally to women. I, I think I try to be, but I think part of it is, you know, Georgia, if we were sitting here really honestly and we, like, lined up probably the five most painful events of our lives that friends had done to us, I'd imagine there would be a lot more women on that list for both of us. Those are the things that hurt me the most. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a friendship um, that I have in my life that I reached out two weeks ago to very deliberately end. And it was somebody that I care tremendously about. You know, we're in the same small group of people together in the game industry, and I just feel tremendous loyalty to another sister. And she had been very deliberately um, reporting on things I'd said to her in conference to other people to get them to like her. And I found out about it. In Georgia, it devastates me to think about it. It really, really hurts in a way that, and I think part of it, like no offense, Steve and Micah, but you just don't expect guys to do better. Um, You don't. And it's like when women betray that trust, it just, it really hurts in a really fierce way. And I, if I had to like write down my top three lessons of Gamergate, this is just, it's dark, but it's real. Um, one of my biggest lessons at Gamergate is that women in the game industry, I expected them to be here for me, and they're just not. They're, they're not. They're, they care about their own careers. They don't want to say anything. So, 
you know, I think it's when I read that story about the women in the Clinton White House really sticking with each other and um, building each other up. I'm sorry, not the Clinton White House, the Obama White House. So what they would do is we've all been in meetings with um, other men in the room and they will like start talking over you or like stealing your ideas. This happens all the time and dudes just don't realize they do it. Um, what the women there is they got together ahead of time and made deliberate plans to amplify one another and then to deliberately credit other people when they gave ideas, which didn't let the men unconsciously do this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a strategy I found in the game uh, industry that's super effective. Um, sometimes when I get in the press, it's because I'm working in back channel with a group of people and we will all be sending the same pitch to one person and I'll be giving them like these, these um, you know, courses to pursue. And it's mega effective when we're all together. But Georgia, it's like once you get hurt because of that, it is mm-hmm. so hard to keep trusting. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It is, yeah. it, it is you know, and the, the temptation is so strong there just to, you know, suck up to the powers that be over in the, mm-hmm. the bro world, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, because it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah, yeah, it's different the way that women hurt each other is completely different than the way that men will. Like men will be just overt about it. They'll just say something harsh or they'll get into a fight and then it's over. Um, Women will, you know, smile and be kind to you. And then when you're not looking, say something horrible about you to their friend or unconsciously really hope that you fail and do poorly because they would see your success as a reflection upon their own abilities. And it's, so damaging for us to feel a cohesive unit unit with each other. I I try really hard. I my uh, the woman that I I work with at the center. Her name is Sandra, and she's she's she does the videos with me. And she's the one thing that we bonded on was that she, like her motto was was really that she would try to find you know if she saw a woman that did something better or you know loved her eyeliner or loved her ideas. She would just say, "Listen, teach me how to do this. That's amazing." And instead of having it be a threat to her, she would want to learn from them and talk to them and be a part of that instead of cutting them down. And I loved that. Like I, and she, I, I've known her now for seven years and that's really the way she lives life. And she believes that, you know, having really good girlfriends as long also with, with men, but just that, that feeling of sisterhood is so important to us and so empowering and we need that as well. And I think that the whole culture needs to have a change. I think that the media needs to have a change. I'm so sick of all these movies that idolize mean girls and being cruel and that that's what we should do. And whenever I I try to be really conscious about my own thoughts and to be really positive, I'm sure that there's times when I see someone, I'm like, I hate you, so gorgeous, Um, you know, or, you know, so brilliant, or I wish I was that smart. I'm sure that those thoughts still come up, but you know, to be straight with it and learn from that and be able to say, it's okay. You don't have to have every single, you know, skill that's completely okay. And it's, it's a really hard thing with the undercurrent to our culture. You know, something I'm really proud of is if you look at which shows on relay, um, have people that aren't straight white men on them, 
Um, you know, and I, I do take a lot of efforts in my professional life to lift up other women around me. You know, Georgia, I've, I hope you've always felt supported in, you know, our work on this show and, you know, same with Maddie when she was here. And it's, Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's, it's so hard, but it's just, it, it wears you down. It wears you down Mm -hmm. every single day. And we've, we've got to do better with each other. I think we do. We really, really do. So you should, everyone should reach out to a woman that they admire, or if you see someone that's beautiful, let them know, or they like their outfit or think that something was really smart or they give a great speech or they like, let people know. Um, you know, I met so many really wonderful women at, at this conference and I thought about how we need more of that. We need more women to, um, you know, stand up and talk about other great women. It's, it's something that, that we need to do. We need to be able to feel that trust again. Cause I think that very, there's a lot of women out there that do not trust other women because they've been through really um, difficult times or had heard some really harsh statements from other women, and we ne- we can do better than that. Can I ask a serious question, though, Georgia? Like, where yes. for you is this? Is what I struggle with. Um, like, it's really hard for me. I have a real tendency that once, especially another woman, like once someone proves themselves they betray your trust. It's almost, there's like a very bifurcated, good, bad. Do you know what I mean? In Mm -hmm. the group, out of the group and like one mistake and you're out. And if I were being honest, I'd say that that's something in myself. I find myself having to consciously push past. Um, Do you have any thoughts about that? Like where's the line in going, you know, this is not someone that's going to you know, is not interested in a two-way respectful friendship, right? Versus, you know, giving people room to make mistakes. Like, where do you find that? Wow. That's like, that's like a thesis question. (laughs) That's a a really, that's a really deep question, right? When, when, and that's for, for anyone, when do you cut someone out of your life versus forgiving them? And I think that, you know, in some relationships, there's a lot of money in the bank and everyone's going to make mistakes. No one's going to be perfect. So I often try to to say, you know what, in, in my, like maybe they got caught saying something, but if I ever said something cruel or, or similar or harsh when I didn't mean to, or, you know, to try to give people the benefit of the doubt first. And it also depends on, on where are your, your pains and where you've been hurt before, how much you can handle to that. So I don't think that I have a really good answer. I think that I think together there's, there's a certain set of people that I really trust. And that's like my inner circle. And those are the people that I know that, you know, like everyone's going to make mistakes, but most of the time they're always going to be there and they always actually care about me. Like, you know, when someone's genuinely happy for you, genuinely happy for a success that you have, instead of secretly hoping for ill upon you, like, right. When you tell someone something like I got this, you know, show, or I did this and someone's like, Oh my God, that's so awesome. Versus like, Oh really? What, what, you know, what, what is happening? And you can tell underneath that there's a certain amount of animosity or jealousy or something else. That's, that's probably for me, one of those defining factors of there's some people that you can tell are really genuinely caring about that. And everyone would have a different line to what it is. But if someone in their intentions are good, that's different for me than someone that's just hurt me by mistake or you know, with, with not the right, not a bad intention, but they did for another reason to that. And that is something that is much more forgivable for me. I think that's really well said, Georgia. 
Alrighty, it is time to talk about our friends at HelpSpot. This episode of Disruption is brought to you by HelpSpot. If you deal with any kind of customer support, listen, you need HelpSpot. HelpSpot is the most comprehensive and flexible, like yoga flexible, help desk software around. With HelpSpot, you can let your customers reach you however they want to. Isn't that glorious? Email, web, phone, it doesn't matter. HelpSpot will be the central place for all of your customer support needs. You can turn disjointed email exchanges into meaningful conversations with your customers. You can get a quick view of any trends relating to your support requests. And how about real-time reporting to see exactly what's happening with your support? HelpSpot has everything you need. They even help you easily create a self-service portal to give your customers all the knowledge base articles they need too. So instead of having to come to you, they can go to that knowledge base and get all the answers they need before they ever get to the part where they try to email you or call you. As you would expect, HelpSpot is a service that you can that they can host for you. So if you, if you want them to host everything on their servers, that's fine. But you can also run HelpSpot on your own servers too. You'll get source code access for custom branding, direct SQL access to write custom reports, and extensive APIs and Zapier integrations for connecting to your other business systems. This is where the powerful and beautiful automation can happen. HelpSpot is the best value, the best value in customer service, committed to giving you unrivaled value for your hard-earned money, which is awesome. HelpSpot's current customers include startups and Fortune 500 companies, IT departments, call centers, and customer service groups across every industry, including software, banking, healthcare, education, transportation, and e-commerce. It's not a flash-in-the-pan company either. They've been doing it for about 12 years now, so that means they're going to be there when you need them. So, HelpSpot is free, yes, I said free, for up to three users and super inexpensive, that's the actual term they give us, super inexpensive for larger teams. Better still, because you're a wonderful, lovely listener to this show, you can get an additional 10% off for life when you use the code DISRUPTION when you sign up. So please go to helpspot.com disruption to start a free trial today or sign up for free with a one-on-one demo to learn more about how HelpSpot can serve your support team. Thank you so much to HelpSpot. Again, go to helpspot.com disruption and use the offer code DISRUPTION to get 10% off for life. Thank you. And thank you for supporting this show and all of Relay. Steve, I think it's the part of the show where we bring out listener voicemails and questions and tweets and that whole job. So please take it away. Okay, so we got this. uh, This is a voicemail that came in as an attachment into the DMs of the Twitter account, which is also a thing that you can do if you don't want to if you don't want to actually call the voicemail line, but you can also call to our voicemail line, which you can call at 508-418-3532, or you can just, you know, tweet at the show or tweet hashtag disrupt me or send us a DM or, you know, smoke signals or carrier pigeons or whatever you want to do. But so this is, this is a little bit of a longer voicemail, but I think it's uh, worthwhile going into. So I'll just let this rip and then we can, we can talk about it. Hi, Disrupticons. Um, My name's Joe. Um, I'm hailing from London in the UK. Um, Long time listener, first time caller. Um, I just want to say, first of all, I love, love, love the show. I've I've 
listen to every single episode of Isometric and Disruption and it's become sort of a, a weekly ritual and uh, it never fails to make me feel better if oh. I'm in a bit of a slump. So thank you. A few weeks ago... Uh, I was feeling particularly anxious, depressed, um, socially isolated, excluded at work. And I was like, okay, this this is weird for me. For me, this is weird. And I was wondering why I was feeling like that. Um, I can't remember exactly how I got onto it, but I found a list of characteristics of Asperger's in adult women, or, you know, in women in particular... And I was reading it and I was just thinking, this this sounds a lot like me. I mean, obviously not all of them, but enough that I was like, huh. So I asked one of my best friends and she was like, oh yeah, you know, I've been fairly certain you, 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 you have Asperger's. I've been doing some research on it myself. So I took a couple of the online self-assessments and... You know, I know there are self-assessments, but, you know, I ended up with, like, an autism quotient of, like, 7 out of 10. So I was like, hmm. I rang the adult autism service, um, a local NHS, um, and asked about how to uh, get an assessment. And I found out that you can self-refer. You just have to fill in a form and they'll... Um, they have a panel um, and they, they look and see whether you should be on the waiting list or not. So I did that and... Obviously, they agreed because I'm on the waiting list. <laughs> However, it's, it's four months, sadly, because obviously I was feeling crap, <laughs> to put it bluntly, at work. Um, my boss was like, what's wrong? And I ended up telling him that I thought I had Asperger's, um, obviously because it's not officially diagnosed, but I'm, you know. So he, he was really good about it. And, you know, I felt better <laughs> Um, for a couple of weeks. I've told a couple of my friends. I haven't spoken to my family about it yet because I'm going to see them next week, so I was going to do that in person. But uh, this last couple of weeks, I've been more aware of my quirks, more aware... I've always felt different, but of why. And it's almost been awkward. It's like I've got to relearn how to be, how to be me, how to sort of pass as as neurotypical and then when I've been telling people I sort of felt kind of like I've, you know there's there's a lot of stigma around you know mental illness and people who aren't neurotypical um I don't know whether it's embarrassed is the right word but I felt kind of awkward telling people like they're gonna treat me differently or judge me differently and I don't know whether this is a sort of a stigma that I have or whether this is just something society has warped my brain into feeling but um, I guess I just wanted to know if you guys had any advice or just, I don't know I'm just looking for a little bit of reassurance and having listened to all your shows I kind of, <laughs> you get that sort of internet feeling of, oh I know these guys because I <laughs> listen to them every week and I know, obviously mm -hmm. no, that's not true but i feel like because of your experiences you may be able to offer some insight and you know what i also kind of want to hear myself on the show because <laughs> <laughs> nice thank you for listening we love you too you're awesome keep up the good work you honesty is the best policy 
Yes. Oh. That was great. That's great. That's oh. great. Uh, Georgia, this yeah. is your court, baby. <laughs> well, I was. I think actually, Steve. Um, what What do you feel about you know? Because you're really open about you know what your kids go through, what you go through, and I think that for the question of you know, are people going to treat you differently, or you know what what happens with that? I would love for you to start off with your experiences and why you've decided to be so open. I think that all of us have been all kinds of open with different things that we've all been through. But Steve, could you could you start it off with with why and how people have reacted to that? Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's interesting because as open as I've been on this show, I haven't actually been nearly as open at work because of those same feelings. Okay. Because it's like a different – because it is a different environment, right? Like I – here I'm like – it's it's a weird thing to say, but I'm like among friends, right? Not Obviously not the three of you. That's obviously the tr- uh, an actual thing that I'm among friends. But like with the listeners, like I feel like I'm among friends, right? So right. it's it's easier for me to be more open and I wanted to be more open in order to, t- to try to help people if they were – struggling with the same things uh you know I, I if you're a new listener i was diagnosed with add about a year and a half ago and uh i've talked about that process a couple times on the show and you know but i've also had those con- these kinds of conversations with especially with my oldest daughter who's i mean asperger's isn't isn't really a, at least in this country isn't a diagnosis anymore since the dsm-5 came out it's you know high functioning mm-hmm. autism but um, but we, I, there was one conversation that I had with her a few months ago when she was having trouble with some kids on the bus and she came home and she, you know, she was really upset. And so I talked to her about it and she said, you know, she said that they were making fun of her and she said, look, I'm autistic. And that, and that didn't help. And I, and what I said to her at the time was, well, you know, most adults don't know what autistic means, let alone, you know, second graders or there, there is a legitimate fear there and 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 you're right you're you're not wrong to feel that anxiety i would say and and that's a valid feeling i think that it's just gonna it kind of comes down to an individual like person by person type of thing really because at the end of the day it comes down to like do you trust the person that you're gonna tell this to it's like anything else right Mm -hmm. um and and are they gonna understand if i explain this to them you know you you talk to your boss and you talk to your, you know, your friend and that, and that worked out. And you just kind of have to make that decision on a person by person basis. But I think that, you know, people generally can be understanding if they care about you. I I have some thoughts on this. Um, you know, I, I, I've also wondered if I'm on the spectrum because I feel so blindsided sometimes with not, being able to tell when I hurt people sometimes yeah, me too. that I've, I've wondered this. Um, I don't think I am, but I, I want to tell you I've struggled with it, but I can tell you what it was like for me when I came out and especially to my family. And it was like, I knew that there was something really wrong with me for a long time yeah. and I didn't have a word for it. And in some ways I remember when I figured out, you know, what I was. And there was both a sense of terror and a sense of joy. Yeah. And, a, yeah. and to be honest, the terror really won out mm-hmm. because it's hard to start think of you, thinking of yourself as in this very marginalized group. So I want to tell you, I can hear that part of you in this, in this voicemail today. And I really respect that. And I don't know you, but I care about you. And 
you know, I don't, I can tell you what I think your story is going to be five years from now. You're kind of like coming to grips with feeling like all the, the furniture has been rearranged. But, you know, I, I remember when I was little, I would sit in my room and pray to God to make me normal like everyone else. And yet now today, I see it as the biggest gift God ever gave me. You know, the thing that makes me different, the thing that makes me stronger, the thing that makes me more passionate, the thing that makes me stand up when the people around me sit it out is because I was born very differently. And just like that, you have that strength inside of yourself too. So, you know, it's no one gets out of life unscathed. And, you know, in time, the hurt that this is causing you, you're going to like love yourself because of this. And I also want to say like, not that there's anything wrong with being on the spectrum, but all of us have our own journeys to make, right? Like for me, I'm constantly trying to learn how to take care of this damage that was put into me before I could even think for myself. Um, And I try to work my way through that. So when you do go to a doctor, and if you are diagnosed, which we can't do on the show for you, you know, you're at least going to know what you're facing and what you need to do. And that just being very concrete for you is going to give you power. So I just say, like, cut yourself some slack here. You know, like I, I hear the fear in your voice. And you being a lovely person completely comes out in this voice message. So just, just, just know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I want to, I want to add just one thing onto it before, before I forget, which is that there's at least when I was first diagnosed with ADD, and I imagine that getting an adult diagnosis of autism is a fairly similar in this regard. There was a period of time where I kind of got sucked into reliving all of my moments of my life up until now, as though I'd just seen the ending to the sixth sense and then reevaluating like every moment of my life from like kindergarten on with that lens. And it's very easy to get sucked into that. And, and, and it, which is not to say that it's necessarily a bad thing to reevaluate your life experiences with this new information, but it's also very easy to get sucked into like a dark place where you start focusing on like all the things that you would have done differently had you known this. And it, the important thing is that you you can't change what happened. All you can do is know what you know, know what you've gone through with that new experiences. Give yourself a lot of credit for having done as much as you have not knowing that you were struggling with something that you didn't know you were struggling with, and then just try to make the best decisions that you can going forward, taking this new information into account. What's so interesting to me here is how these experiences seem to mirror each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because for me in particular, I remember I was listening to a podcast that Steve was on and he was talking about his diagnosis uh, with ADD and he was describing how he actually did well in school and then it came up to the fact that 
he you know was eventually diagnosed and that was the thing that always kept me from ever wanting to look into it i always had the suspicion that adhd might be a problem that i had but every time i heard stories about adhd it was always that you talk too much in school and you got in trouble and this that and the other and that was never my experience so when i heard steve talk about this on the podcast i suddenly was empowered to go get this you know to get this checked out and i went and I, you know, I only recently talked about it on this show, but for any new listeners and also for the, our caller, I was diagnosed. And you, you talked to kind of about the discovery that you had and the, the realization as you were kind of relearning about yourself. And that is so, you know, I know exactly what that is because I was suddenly going, this behavior of mine makes so much sense. And, uh, you know, I'm reading these books and learning about all this different stuff about ways that I can help myself and writing down quotes that I think just are, are so it's, it ended up being an incredibly positive thing in the end. And I think that you, if you, if you let it, it can be a positive thing because it helps you inform your future, but it also helps you kind of, you know, that there's a positive that you can look at going back into the past because you might think back to second grade, that time that mm-hmm. you didn't do that project and you, you know, did it last minute and it upset your mom because you didn't get to school on time, what, what have you. And you can say, now I understand where I was in that situation and I can let those things go. Mm-hmm. And so you should, th- there are, there are a lot of positives to, uh, you know, finding this, this diagnosis to, you know, to coming to terms with this where, you can just, it, it educates so many things about yourself. And so I encourage you to live in those positives and to, to find those good things as you come to terms and understand who you are. Mm, beautiful. I like, thank you everyone for, for sharing your story and also the caller that came in to share, but, but also for, for everyone here sharing. I think that I, like, I also wish, I wish that I knew that I was dyslexic when I was young so that I wouldn't have thought for so many years that I was stupid um, be- because I really thought that I was stupid. I thought there was something wrong with me, and so I hid it. I was really, really ashamed. And all the way up until um, my degree in psychology, I wouldn't write on the board, or if I did, I had to choose what words that I used because I thought that it was just because I was dumb. Um, and it, it still happens every once in a while when, I'll, when I'll, I won't be able to figure out the right word to use in a sentence or I'll say the wrong word and I'll be like, oh, like that hurts. Um, but knowing is really freeing because then there's not, it's, it's just you're different and that's okay. It's not because you're stupid. And I think that a lot of people go around thinking that there's, something wrong with them where it's not. We're just all different. Everyone is different. We all are different, which is some of the most beautiful things about us are our differences, not the things that we are the same with. And yes, I think that everyone had a really valid point on you should think about who you share your information with. But that being told, I think that it's very freeing being honest with what you have because then you don't have to worry about hiding it. I think that it also helps other people understand sometimes if they don't understand, you know, if someone knows that you are scared to death of butterflies, then they'll get why you're not going to be going outside to this area where there's a butterfly flying around and it's not because they don't like you, but they're dealing with this. And so 
I think that for me, I think that I'm probably really desensitized to people's differences because I deal with them every day, really amazing, fabulous people that that want to work on how to manage life with what they're dealing with and to learn different tools to be able to deal with that. Because in the end, that's what we do. We we do the best we can with the tools that we know. And if we're not managing, then we, you know, I get to help people learn different tools, which is so amazing to that. And so I think that I thank you for reaching out. And I think that we should embrace the things that we're different with instead of always feeling like we should hide them. Thank you so much for your call. That was a great, 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 great call, especially the end. (laughs) 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 That was enjoyable. Loved it. I mean, I call into the show because I want to hear myself on it too. So that you know, it's, it's only fair. That's true. Yeah, this I is have why a hard I call time listening to me, so I don't. I don't uh, because probably because of all those reasons from my childhood. Yes. Um, though I love uh, every time people call hello, Disrupticons. I, that's that makes my yes. day. So thank you. <laughs> all right, it is time to say goodbye. As I say goodbye, that was my song for you. I hoped you enjoyed it. And as Steve said, if you want to get in touch. You can call us at 508-418-3532. You can also tweet us at underscore disruption FM, as long as you use the hashtag disrupt me or send us a direct message. And again, whether you're calling us or you're sending us a direct message or you're tweeting at us, please do let us know if you'd like us to use your name on the show and we will do so. Otherwise, we will default to not sharing your name. Please go give the show a review on iTunes five stars for all our happiness and wonderfulness or one star for whatever that happens to be. But as Bree says, no stars in between. It's either one or five, doggone it. If you want to find the show notes, you can go to relay.fm slash disruption. Thanks, of course, to our wonderful friends at Relay for having us. And if you're looking for things that I'm saying on the internet, you can find me at Micah Sargent. Steve, where can people find you? Um, you can find me tweeting from my shiny new iPhone 7 as of tomorrow at Wicked Good. Oh, that's oh, a Steve. horrible comment. I hate you. Steve. There, I'm Steve. Just straight and say it. I hate you, Steve. God. Uh, love God. Love I love you guys. You guys. Steve. Oh. Oh. Oh, Six weeks. Six weeks I got to wait. Oh. oh, that's so sad. Georgia, what iPhone are you getting? What iPhone oh, are you getting? Oh, you know, 7 plus shiny black yeah. Vader. Yeah. Vader black is what I call yeah, it. How Vader big? black. How big Georgia Dow? How big Georgia Dow? I'm going to be going to the store and trying to, like, beat other people down for it. If not, I'll be waiting through this. <sighs> oh, boy. So if <laughs> you're at the, the Montreal Apple Store, just bring your knife, uh, your your orc-slaying protective vest with oh, you to the Lord. Apple Store. Are you going 256 or? <laughs> Yeah, which uh, which yeah, capacity? Which, yeah. What size are you going with? Ah, uh, sixty. I I I max out usually. Yeah, sixty four. Can't go sixty four. No, two fifty six. You said you thinking, max out. I was thinking about about it, and I'm like, no, because that's what I have right now. Okay, so the reason I'm going two fifty six, I'm just gonna be straight out with all of you is sometimes I'm at the gym, and I'm at the gym, and I didn't download the latest Mr. Robot or whatever, and I want Jupiter Ascending, boom, they're on my iPhone all the time. <laughs> Stuck in traffic, I'm going to listen to Jupiter Ascending. Like, flying, to, <laughs> flying across the country, Jupiter Ascending. I want Jupiter Ascending with me all the time, and that's worth the extra $4,000 Apple is going to charge me for that phone. 
So, How many copies yeah. of Jupiter Ascending are you planning on putting on your phone? All of them. As many as it <laughs> all takes. Of them. All of Eddie them. Redmayne's all of them. sultry whisper in that is uh, top Jupiter, notch. Have you seen Jupiter Ascending, Georgia? I have. It was great. Oh, it's so good. It was great. It's a great movie. You're it's right. Fantastic. I don't know if I need more than one on my phone, but... It is great. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. Uh, Brie, if people want to find uh, you tweeting about Jupiter Ascending, where can they go? Uh, Jupiter Ascending fan club, JupiterAscending.biz, JupiterAscending.church, JupiterAscending.ninja, and SpaceCatGal on Twitter. <laughs> and Georgia, where can people find you for okay. emails? You can find me uh, on email. It's uh, Georgia at imore.com and i also wanted to tell everyone if you are in the philadelphia region in october head out to coco love 2016 this is going to be the last coco love and so uh the tickets are going to be sold they're going to be sold by the end of september 23rd so you still have some days um i'm going to be the keynote Woo-hoo! so Ooh, and there's wow. a lot of awesome speakers that are going to be there so please um, get your tickets. It's going to be fabulous. A lot of fun. Love conferences. So, will they get to meet you? Yeah, I'll be there. No, Georgia. Sweet. Georgia has her entourage to keep that from happening. Yeah, Micah. I didn't let's, know let's if you had real. like panda army in between you. And oh my all goodness! The people if someone dresses you. up like a panda, you could be my panda bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to take you up on that. Uh, you realize, uh, I would love it. Uh, <laughs> You just see, like, everything. them running from a distance. They're just coming, Georgia, Georgia. Are you kidding? You I, I would be, be running towards the guy, in the, the person in the panda suit. That would be like, <laughs> the best thing ever. I just want someone to videotape it. Oh, my God. <laughs> With your new iPhone 7 Plus that you'll hopefully have oh, by then. That better be by You then. know, if you really want the Vader one, you can always steal uh, Renee's Apple loaner. It'll only be a 7 and not a Plus, but it'd still be in the, the shiny black. Unacceptable. That's only, Unacceptable. That's only fit for, for sad people like me. That's, that's not... for Donald Trump-style hands. Oh, that, no. is, that is not an acceptable phone for Georgia Dow. That's, that's something that, that someone like me can settle for, but Georgia Dow <laughs> needs the best of the best. <laughs> Well, in that case, you might be waiting. Oh, dear. Well, all that's left is for Steve to say his customary greeting, and we can get the heck out of here. Go. I need to set up my iPhone 7. Go. We'll talk to you later. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) 